0: Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck, and it is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. So today, before I bring on my amazing guests, I always like to start with a marketing tip of the day and then, of course, a self-care tip of the day. So marketing tip of the day is really going to be all about... 2021 is really about really starting to investing in your own personal brand um, I think as business owners what people don't realize is people buy you before they buy what you're offering and if you are not coming across in your content people are buying your competition. be sure to really focus on building your personal brand this year. It is going to set you apart from your competition and really going to allow you to skyrocket your brand um, and just really attract your ideal clientele to you that wouldn't have known you existed so really really think about that um, in all aspects. And Next on Scene is always here to help if you need a hand. The second self-care tip of the day I want to discuss is um, I really have been working on using essential oils like pretty regularly. Um, I put different stuff on my wrists every day, different stuff before I go to sleep. Lavender oil is so good on the bottom of your feet before you go to sleep, like one drop on each bottom of your feed. I want to give a shout out to our essential oils team because they give all these awesome free tips all the time. Um, And I actually got my oils from them and I could not be happier. And then Divine Remedy makes these custom essential oils from home um, that are based around energy healings and abundance and all the things too. So I do have stuff from them too. And I just wanted to plug them both because I'm really, really happy with their products and they're all amazing. So Um, Those are my marketing and self-care tips of the day, and now I'm going to share my amazing guest with you who's coming back on the podcast, the amazing Allie Joyce, who is a rock star residential real estate agent. She recently switched over to William Ravis from Jack Conway, and I am so excited for her to share all about her new venture Um, coming out of the pandemic and even through the pandemic as a real estate agent and how the market's changing and so much more. So I'm so excited for you to hear from the amazing Allie Joyce. Stay tuned for her.
1: The ups, the downs, and all the in-between, what it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at next on scene.
0: All right, everyone, welcome back to next on scene. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Allie Joyce. She is William Ravis's residential real estate agent, and she is new to the team. So this is really exciting to like, you know, interview Allie on her new launch and expansion of her business. Hi, Allie. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey Jackie, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So,
0: let's first talk about for our new audience who's never met you before, you know, how did you fall into the world of real
1: estate? So, um, I this is my 5th year in real estate and I started out in financial services sales and I found myself always gravitating still towards real estate instead of financial services or stocks or bonds, whatever. I was always gravitating towards real estate. And I grew up in a real estate oriented family um, where real estate was really an important part about and for a part of like the general financial plan. And it was something that was always really valued. So I ended up taking the skills that I learned in that formal sales setting and translating it into real estate. So um, like you said, I started off at Jack Conway and I left there being in the top three agents of the entire company. And I joined William Ravis this year to Expand my outreach, elevate my brand, and to take on some new challenges and bring lots of more resources to my clients. So exciting.
0: So (laughs) so just like for curiosity, because there are agents that listen to this, like to transition, like what was that like for you, first of all? Right. Because there's a lot of parts that goes into that. So are you open to sharing, like to take a job? So open to sharing.
1: All of you fellow real estate agents out there. Um You, your business is your own. You are associated to a company and they provide you resources, but you have to maintain your own autonomy. I'm very particular about this. I have my own email address. I have my own CRM. I have my own infrastructure. What I use from the company is the branding and the additional surplus resources. But my business, which is my contacts, Those I protect and those only I have access to. So when you're transitioning, it's really important to leave on good terms because technically any open deals that you have, your old brokerage has a claim at that. Um, And... It's also very important to make sure that you transfer all of your contacts over beforehand and remove any contacts from your old brokerage. So for me, I didn't keep any contacts in that infrastructure. I had my own infrastructure. And yes, it costs some money up front. But to me, it is so worth it because that is everything. It's like the long-term
0: benefit,
1: really. Totally. It's the long-term benefit because you never know what's going to happen. I thought I was going to be a Jack Conway for the rest of my life. (laughs) And, you know, a new opportunity opened up and I decided to take it, you know, and I think I'll be at William Ravis for a really, really long time. But at the end of the day, I'm going to protect my business.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're loyal AF, <laughs> like, <laughs> so loyal. Like when she finds, she's so loyal and like takes care of her people. I love that about you. I really I do. am.
1: I'm like a little puppy.
0: No, it's so good. <laughs> so tell me like, so since you've been on the podcast previously, like how has your um, business transitioned through COVID um, and like where, like what real estate bubble are we in now? Like explain to us more about that.
1: When quarantine hit, I thought I was going to be out of a job. And then it ended up being my best year yet. I ended the year with 40 transactions, 27 million in sales. Amazing. And um, it was absolutely insane. So what was really interesting is that, and I cover Boston and all suburbs surrounding Boston. So I'm work with a lot of people who are transitioning. And so anyone who had an inkling of moving to the suburbs did, because a lot of people, some people are city people. I think of myself as a city person and I like being in the city. I like the hustle and bustle, but some people are in the city for commute reasons. And those people who are in the city for only for commute reasons, those people ended up migrating. Um, And a lot of renters ended up migrating as well because they were paying the big bucks to party in the city and the city was was locked down. And so they moved back with mom and dad. So because of that, what we saw was an increase in inventory in the city of Boston and a increased supply in the city, increased demand in the suburbs, decreased supply in the suburbs. So the suburbs have been absolutely Insane. The city has recovered. Um, it was quiet in the summer and it's totally recovered and, and rebounded and is at the same price point it was um, last year after a little dip. But the suburbs have absolutely skyrocketed. So a lot of people are asking me, are we entering into a bubble? And I will say, here are my thoughts. I don't want to say yes or no to that. I mean, I'm leaning towards more no, But we are in a bit of an anomaly and it's because of all these compounding factors. So you have the lowest interest rates that we've had for a very long time. You have decreased supply and you have increased demand. So in order to purchase these homes, people are going $100,000 over asking when there are 40 offers in hand the person who's going to get that offer is going at least five, if not six digits over asking. And they are waiving inspection, waiving appraisal, waiving financing, really kind of giving up everything in order to get that house. I think that after COVID, we are going to, I think we're going to experience this for another long while. That's the short answer. So I don't think we're in a bubble because of all of these different circumstances. But, and I think we're going to continue to experience this crunch in inventory. And I would imagine it's going to taper out a little bit once people get settled um, and understand the new normal. What I think will be the big thing, and I know I have a lot of clients waiting on this, is what's going to happen? Are people going to be remote forever? Are you going to choose to be remote? lot of people want to be remote. So those are those uncertain questions. But I do think because we have such strong demand, and we're always going to have low supply because we're a small state, we have the best education in the United States, um, we have some of the best hospitals, we have biotech, we have lots of different industries. So I don't really expect there's going to be a huge crash. But I do expect that there's going this increase, steady increase is going to taper off and just stabilize at some point. Does I'm that make like, sense? That was like 100%. such a long no. <laughs> But it's
0: really valuable. <laughs> like so, val- so here's, I have another question, like follow-ups that are there specific areas that people are relocating to that are trending more now than than prior to the pandemic?
1: So interesting. So I would say like some towns that are just so hard to get into that I'm working with for clients are um, Winthrop, Redding, Stoneham, Wakefield, um, a lot of a lot in the North Shore, Swampscott, lots going on off market in Swampscott. Um, Milton, Canton, um, Dedham, basically like all the towns situate. It's in there's no inventory in situate. There's no inventory in Hanson. There's no in barely any inventory in Hanover. So any of, you know, it used to be kind of like the million dollar towns, any town that's near there is starting around to around it. Exactly. Dedham is also, I wasn't surprised by Dedham, but Dedham is also a great town. Um, and there's been a lot of investment in their school system. So it's great to town to buy into right now.
0: Awesome. So I want you to discuss the perks now, William Ravis that you offer that
1: you're okay.
0: really exciting.
1: <laughs> yes. It's so exciting. So, um, So many different resources and I'm still learning, but the ones that I'm most excited about is um, definitely their, I would say their agent footprint. So they have 4,000 agents at William Ravis, which means I have access to all of those agents, which means for my clients that I'm going to be able to have I'm going to be in the know of all listings coming soon. If you're a buyer so that we can get access beforehand, that's 4,000 agents who can provide, you know, updates on their listings for me, um, for my buyers who are looking for more inventory. And then for sellers, it means we're going to be able to sell a lot faster because of that network that I can pre-sell to. They also have a program called Ravis Refresh, which if you are ready to sell and you never got to those little projects this program or you don't have the funds. You don't have the funds up front. All your equity is in all, all your cash is in the house. Um so you can have a, an interest loan and that we would pay out after closing for you to paint, maybe like redo your kitchen, redo your bathroom, change out the floors, or at least sand and polyurethane the floors. And it's amazing what that will do to the buyers and how much better it will sell because of that. Buyers are very, very aesthetic and most people do not look at homes all the time and they can't visualize. They don't have vision to see beyond what's already there, although everyone likes to think they do. Right. So that's incredibly, <laughs> it's incredibly useful and we've noticed that um, clients who have um, done that have sold for at least 20% more than what they had originally wanted to sell, especially now with all the bidding wars. The other program, which I'm super excited about, is um, bridge loans. So bridge loans have not been a thing since our parents' time. And it's really challenging when you need to sell to buy. No one will help you. Um, You have to either have a contingency to sell when you buy or have a contingency to find property when you sell. And it's really challenging in that market. And you end up compromising on one end. So this bridge loan is allowing you to be able to buy that property before having to sell the property. So you can find that property first, not be contingent on the sale of your home, which is really hard to get an offer accepted with that. And we'll do this bridge loan. And if you don't qualify for the bridge loan, then... William Ravis, who does exist. He's a real dude. Um, I was <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, right? He's a real guy. <laughs> yeah. Goes by Bill. Bill's going to buy your house for you. That's So... Awesome pretty badass. I know. So super excited about that one just because I have so many clients who are looking to upsize and it's always like the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just really quick, just lots of more marketing. Um, they have so much technology at their fingertips and, um, it's going to be able to increase my digital footprint. Um, and really specifically for like listings for clients. So Mm -hmm. that's like the high level stuff, but, um, lots more than that too. So, but it's it's awesome so far. I'm definitely drinking from the fire hose.
0: Whatever, but you're learning as you go. Totally. You're a fast learner. You started from the bottom. Look where you are. So, yes, like looking at like true. from when you started to now, like what would you tell yourself? Like in terms of like things to expect or like like things like to not be so hard on yourself about.
1: Yes. Okay. So, it's a probabilities game. You're not going to get every deal. You're not going to get every client. And Sometimes the more volume you do, the more opportunity for crazy things to happen. (laughs) And it's not a reflection on you, young Allie, in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely say that. And then just focus on activity. All you can control. Focus on the activity and the deals will come.
0: So elaborate that, Allie. What does that
1: mean? There are some people who operate their business like, I need to close, you know, five deals a month. I don't operate like that. I'm like, I need to... I have my business development activities. I have my nurturing activities. And I have activities to keep the deals going that I have. And all I can do is work on each of those equally. And the deals will come. Maybe one month you have four and one month you have 10 deals. And so you can't control that. And I can't... And you can't force... It's not fun for anyone to try and force... Someone into like oh well you know you really need to put this offer in because I need to get my fourth deal this month you know it has to be about the client and the client experience um, which makes it more fulfilling job for me as well totally. Um, so that's what I that's you what know, I mean by really
0: that so like nurturing like what are your nurturing activities
1: um so actually and I'm I'm in the thick of it this week but every year um, my past clients who have bought or sold with me. Um, I provide them with an annual report. So for those of you who have a financial advisor, you get an annual report every year where you look at your performance of your portfolio. So this is similar where I'm just sharing, um, you know, the performance of your home. How is your home done in this market? So I create a comparable market analysis, which is basically looking at homes that are on the market and sold Um, in your area within a three um, or a third of a mile radius in the last six months and I send it to each client with a little bit you know a letter update so that's one one of the main things that I do every year and then I just try and keep in touch you know I always joke with people that you know you're hot and heavy with me during the transaction and then I just get dumped you know, I get dumped and I'm like, wait, I still want to be friends. <laughs> that's an analogy, though. That's true. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, bye. But like, I'm still here and you're done with me. <laughs> no one's
0: ever done with you. Abby. That's definitely true. True. Sure no, it's true. To serve any further purpose. Right. You did your job.
1: Right. Totally. Um,
0: I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so, that's really good point. So you said nurturing, repeat the other two
1: nurturing and like doing whatever business development, like to get more business, like nurturing my old clients, get more business and then making sure the deals that I have going on right now are going smoothly and the client's having a good experience.
0: Love that. So what would you say right now, like as we're heading into a new season, like because spring is usually prior to the pandemic. It was your busiest season. Yeah, totally. So like, what are the expectations for this coming spring? Are there anything, is there anything you can share with us?
1: I think it's gonna be insane. <laughs> I think yep. it's gonna be as insane um as it was last year. We're seeing the market in the winter usually kind of takes a pause and is very quiet, but it hasn't been quiet. You know, stuff is still going. Um, and I think it's all this residual activity for the people who were scared to go out there or they um missed out on rates last year and now um you know, they're ready to capitalize on that and purchase or people who now know that they can live wherever the heck they want and they're deciding to move to like Arizona. Florida, warm. So Florida yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I have clients now who live part-time in Boston, Denver and New Hampshire. Wow. Like, that's so awesome. Like so awesome. life goals, you right. know?
0: Cause you just can like, nobody's telling you that you can't do that. I love
1: that. Totally, And I would be pretty into that.
0: I love it. Okay. So if I'm a new client and I'm coming to you first, obviously we would do a consultation, like walk me mm-hmm. through the process. If I'm listening
1: as an okay. Option. Are you a buyer or a seller?
0: Ooh, what do we want to do first? Why don't we <laughs> do both?
1: <laughs> okay. Let's do both. Let's pretend you have to sell and buy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to right. sell to buy. I should say. Okay. okay. So. The first thing that we're going to want to do, Jackie, is I am I will want to have a consultation at your house. So I'm going to come prepared with some comparables that are just in the area based on how many bedrooms and baths you have, your square footage, and just the neighborhood. And then I'm going to look at the house. You're going to give me a tour of the house, and you will tell me all the updates you did. I'll take notes and I'll be able to then kind of finalize that, what that value is. Like, let's say I might come in and say, all right, your home, you know, I might have in my, in my mind, like, okay, it's probably in the 600s based on the neighborhood and that it's three beds, but then I see it and I see that your kitchen is just gorgeous and you have this master ensuite. And so then I might say, you know what, this is really worth 675. five." And so we have this conversation where we talk about the strategy of selling and buying at the same time. So we go over what the home sale price would be. And then we talk about what you're looking for in a home. And I connect my clients to a lender, but we'll talk high level about what you can potentially afford. Like You're going to have... $300,000 that you can put towards a home and you can afford a little bit more in your mortgage. So maybe we're looking for an $800,000 home or maybe we're looking for a $900,000 home. And what usually ends up happening now that I have the bridge loan, things will be a little bit differently. You can find the place, get the bridge loan, and then we put the house on the market immediately. Um, What I had done before is that we would get all of the marketing material done right away. And I would um, start kind of socializing the idea and work on selling it off market in case we found anyone perfect. But then once you found that place, we submitted an offer and then we immediately and aggressively put it on the market so that we tried to work a simultaneous sale. And one thing that's just kind of a word of advice when you are looking to sell to buy, um, when you need to sell to buy, it's really important, in my opinion... To work with the same real estate agent because it's very, very like doing the two deals simultaneously can be very very confusing and it can be very very stressful and it's really helpful to have that one go to person who's who is handling the agent on the sell the agent who's buying the property the agent who's the sell side all the attorneys that way things don't get confused um, it's also really really important that you. We are i al- I'm negotiating the offer we have on your home with in making sure that that mortgage commitment date is prior to your mortgage commitment date on your 100%. purchase, totally. and that's not something you can do on the fly if you're two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be our first big meeting. It's a lot. <That's> the one
0: woman show doing everything.
1: Yeah, seriously. And then, you know, pre-covid I'd have you, we'd like get a drink or something and Right.
0: Glass of wine is Allie's favorite.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I love it. That's so awesome. Okay, so if anybody's interested in any consultation share and then we're going to play a little bit of game time. Ooh, okay. All right, so share how they can follow you first.
1: Um, you can follow me on Instagram at AllieJoyce1, A L I J O Y C E 1. And if you want to reach out directly, then the best way to get a hold of me is, is also my cell, 339 237 0783. I just always ask if you call, leave a voicemail or send me a text just because I get so many calls that if you just call, I'll probably end up missing it in the long list of. Phone calls I make during the day.
0: I'll put that in the blog. <laughs> I'll make sure oh, to put that okay, in. Good. <laughs> okay, are you ready for game time? I am. Okay. What is Allie's upon the pandemic? What has now been your guilty pleasure to watch on TV?
1: Okay. Um. Superstore. Ooh. What? What is this about? Okay. It's um. I I stream it on Hulu, but it's basically. It's a really, really funny show, like about a store that's supposed to be like Walmart and like all the people working at the store and what their lives are like. And there's drama at the store. And it's just like really, really hilarious. So that has been my guilty pleasure. Um, that I love it. hilarious. Yeah, there's like I'm six students.
0: I'm Yeah. I am. It sounds so interesting. Okay, so you've taken on crocheting, which you need to tell everyone about. Yes. blankets for your friends' kids. Like, what are you crocheting these days? And what goes into it? I know.
1: I'm like trying. So it was funny because when I was a kid, my great-grandmother taught me how to sew. And she wanted to teach me how to crochet. But I had friends who were knitting. And she said to me that crochet is so much, not to insult any knitters, but she said, <laughs> like, crochet is so much better. You can do so many more things and more designs. And I was like, you know, my friends are knitting now. It was like eight. And so um, during COVID, I decided to like pick it up again. And I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos. So made a blanket for my friend's baby. I made like a baby cocoons for my friend's twins. And I'm currently working on a blanket for myself but I need to like pick that one up again
0: I love it so what's actually the difference between even though you can do more designs what is the difference between crocheting and knitting
1: um so basically crocheting is just one like needle it's and it's like just like a little hook Mm -hmm. and so you just use that one and then it's like a different type of a stitch and then the knitting are two needles that you use that's a fun fact. So, that's basically, yeah, that's your fun fact. So,
0: for <laughs> breaking that down, that's awesome. Okay, another um, question for you. So, you are Lebanese background. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So what do you get asked? That, like, when people ask your nationality, what do they think that you are? And are they ever accurate?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, usually, people think that I'm like always, like, mostly Irish. I will sometimes get Irish, like, really? Yeah, I will. Because I think it's like, I don't know, blue light eyes, eyes and light skin. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Okay. Um, or they will, they will guess like I'm some type of like Mediterranean. Um, I love being Lebanese. Are you full, and... like 100%
0: Lebanese? No, I'm okay, not. Okay. So, what, what is your mixture?
1: I'm actually um just 50, but okay, I like. So, what's the other
0: 50?
1: <laughs> um, it's Irish.
0: Oh, so you are? It Irish. is Irish. So I. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I didn't even know that. And I'm asking these, and I've known uh, you for a oh, while. That's
1: hilarious. I thought yeah. you were fully Lebanese. Oh, I wish. I know. I do lead with that. That's the joke with my husband is that he said that I told him, you know, I was 100% Lebanese and then he met my family and they're like, why did you not 100%? But I just, I associate like that's my mother's side and like I bonded with that side and like that nationality. So I always just leave well, with it. You always make
0: like Lebanese recipes. Like right? you're like one totally. of your
1: favorite ones. Um, So I love making this dish and I'm probably not going to pronounce it right, but it's called lubi um, riz. And it's basically just a lamb stew with green beans um, over rice. And it's so good. And I always think about my grandmother because I loved it as a kid. And now I cook her own recipe. Uh, myself and she used to joke that you know this is the meal that we would make when we needed to stretch, like the ingredients in the kitchen. You know, she's like, "This is like not like the nice meal. Like this is like the throw everything in the pot meal." But it was always one of my favorites. And I should also mention the Lebanese side is the side that's into real estate. So no way, really? An- yes. So that's like another reason. Exactly about you today. This is so totally. <laughs> Yeah. So my aunt, my great, great aunt, Sadie, um, she came to the United States. She left secret. She escaped an arranged marriage. She didn't want to be married. And so and then she brought her two brothers over and Sadie was a daughter. She started off as like a Yankee peddler and she would go door to door selling goods. And then she ended up selling her own goods. And she bought real estate and she bought real estate all over the South End.
0: Well, she just started,
1: kind of is this the same? She
0: started her own business too. Yes.
1: Okay, yes. Yes. It. yes exactly. Yeah. 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 It just,
0: like runs in the family. So that's
1: why I like love the, love, I just like really relate to the Lebanese side.
0: I love it. And okay. So I have to talk about this with you too because you're an extroverted introvert because you're in yes. such an extroverted industry
1: right so, like
0: explain to us like for people who don't know what that is like what does that
1: what does that mean <laughs> so like something that I like discovered like really with COVID is like I always considered myself like so to be an extrovert means you're like bubbly and outgoing and like are very comfortable meeting new people and then an introvert is you know basically the opposite and as I've been getting to know myself I realized that like I probably I truly am more introverted. Like I like smaller groups. I like to be one on one. I prefer going deep with a few people than having like surface with everyone, which is probably why I get so attached to clients because we get really tight right away. So like I but I am like I can do the outgoing thing, you know, and I'm okay, like with new people. But so that's why, um, someone said that to me, they're like, well, you're really more of like an extroverted introvert. Cause I was realizing, I was like, Hey, I actually don't mind this whole quarantine thing. <laughs> staying at home and <laughs> not leaving my house. Right.
0: right. <laughs> I you needed it. Cause you were so busy.
1: Well, you were so
0: busy Have you really had any much of a slow period in the past
1: couple months? No, uh, I haven't. Really and as you know, I'm like trying to incorporate right. like a day off.
0: Right. <laughs> It's coming.
1: It's coming. It'll, yeah, I'll figure yeah. it out. New
0: beginnings, new beginnings.
1: Coming. Yeah, if any, well, if any real estate agents are listening, I'm looking to expand, so. Yeah.
0: There you go. That's exciting. All right, Allie, this has been so amazing. So how can people, again, follow you, get in touch, all the things?
1: Okay, follow me on Instagram at Joyce one alijoice one and you can always, best way to reach me is cell 339-237-0783. And like I said, just shoot me a text or leave me a voicemail if you call so I don't miss your call.
0: And I have one more question. Okay. So what does the <laughs> definition of success mean to Allie? That's a
1: loaded question. Closing <laughs> um, out. So I guess success <laughs> to me is feeling... Why don't you use
0: an example, use an example of a moment in your career thus far, like that you felt successful.
1: So, um, let me think, I guess like I recently just sold like a really tough sale and it was in in an estate and it was challenging because it was emotional for the sellers and I had gotten it after it had been overpriced by a different agent. So I had a number of things going against me, but I felt like it was really successful because I endeared myself to the sellers and made them feel more comfortable and made them able to accept the offer when it came along versus, and I, and I learned a lot too. So it ended up being a successful transaction for everyone. It ended up being fulfilling for everyone because I got to know them really well and they got to know me and they felt comfortable Um, And they ended up, you know, getting good price for it, you know, all things considered. So I would say that's what success looks for me when it's intellectually stimulating, emotionally fulfilling, and everyone wins um, or my clients win financially. That's a great answer.
0: Great answer. (laughs) I'm very proud. Everybody needs to follow Allie, get in touch with Allie. Yes. Thank you everyone for tuning in to becoming next on scene and stay tuned for his next on scene.
1: The ups, the downs and all the in between what it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at next on scene.